Uh, hello, so here we have the first episode of the Strikeout UK podcast, uh, joined here by Connor Perry. How are you doing today, mate? Good, man, good. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, how are you finding quarantine? And have you picked up any new skills or hobbies during it? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know, I actually tweeted this the other day. It's it's weird to prepare and train every day for the unknown, you know, be not sure what's going to happen or how everything's going to go about. Um, but, you know, like everyone says, you got to control what you can control. Um, and during this quarantine, uh, I got a lot into horseback riding. So I've been oh, wow. doing that, actually. And, uh, you know, just trying to keep busy, trying to keep my mind off of, you know, the unknown and, and just stay in the present moment and try to conquer every day with, you know, my skill training with the sport and uh, as well as, you know, taking care of the body, that my body the best I can. Brilliant. Uh, so you probably, I probably know uh, baseball is not massive over here in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but in uh, the US, you've grown up with it. So how do you get into baseball? Um, so, you know, I played it my whole life. Um, you know, it was like, like you said, it, it is very big over here. So, um, you know, just, it was something my dad played, uh, growing up and it's something I, you know, kind of fell in love with and, and, uh, I got, you know, decently well at it. And, um, and, and then this thing started taking off for itself and a lot of my buddies and friend groups played it. And, uh, so I just tried my best to keep up with them and, and uh, become better, and you know, did I, did I ever think my future would be off of it? Probably not. Um, but a lot of good blessings and opportunities and timing happened uh, in my career, which led me to be where I'm at today. That's brilliant. Was there any other sports involved when you was at high school and college, or was yeah, so it mainly played, baseball? Yeah, yeah. So I played football for a little bit. Um, I, I played hockey for a slight second. Um, I, you know, I just, I just tried to play everything because I wanted to know what I liked the most. Um, and, and it ended up being baseball, you know, cause I, my fear was, well, what if I'm missing out on sports that I like better? Or maybe I'm better at. So I tried playing as many sports as I can. And then I'm realizing that, Hey, I'm not only the best at baseball, but I like baseball the most too. So I'm going to stick with that route and see where it takes me. Uh, from where you grew up, was you brought up as a Pirates fan at all? Then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my uh, my pap worked um, in the stadium, actually. So I, I grew up Pirates oh, wow. fan. And, you know, I, I, I kind of dedicate a lot of that to my success because, you know, I'd, I would go to all their home games and I would try to get their autographs and stuff after the game. And I'd be running down their cars. Out of the garage. And the lifestyle they lived pushed me and motivated me because I was like, okay, I want to live that lifestyle. I want to drive out of the garage and I want kids following my car. And that kind of motivated me every day. It's like, I want to live that lifestyle. And then it, constantly I saw it every day as I went to the games. And it was actually funny because there's a player, Josh Harrison, that used to be on the Pirates. And um, he, he he did a one-year deal with the Tigers and I was working out with him. And I was like, hey, you remember I was chasing after your car? And he's like, yeah, man, I do. And the only reason he remembers is because when I chased after, I put my arms inside of it to get the ball that he signed. He's like, oh, yeah, don't put your arms inside because his family was there. <laughs> so it was actually a really funny and cool moment in the, in the weight room because he was like, yeah, I do remember you. So it's just it, that was the you know part of it that just really motivated me. And like I said, I wanted to live that lifestyle. So it was a really cool opportunity to go to all those games. That's brilliant. Then. So did you have a favorite player growing up then? Yeah, um, 
I would say, you know, my favorite play was starting Marte. Um, not because of how he was off the field, just because the way he played. You know, I try to – my favorite player I wanted to dedicate the closest to how I played the game. And I think me and him are very similar as far as playing styles. So that's one guy I try to emulate. Um, and, yeah, I would, yeah, starting Marte for sure. That's brilliant. Uh, next big thing was draft getting drafted. So what was it like going through that whole experience? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man, you know, this is, you know, this is kind of where my story kicks in. It's like, so out of high school, do you, do you know how Division One, Two, II, and Three works in college? Uh, not really, not with the college system. No. Okay, so the way the colleges work in the U.S., it's Division One is the best, right? That's your big-time schools. That's like University of Pittsburgh, University of Alabama. That's your university that's the biggest, right? Yeah. Your Division Two schools are smaller schools with less talent. And then Division Three is smaller than Division Two, right? So, you know, out of high school, every kid dreams about going to Division One school. And I uh, went to my Division Two school because uh, that's all I was good. I was only good enough to go to a Division Two school. And after the first semester, right after the first grading period of my freshman year, um, I was cut from my team. And yeah, so from there, I was like, "Damn, like, what do I do now?" You know, and. Um, so I went home for about a week, and then there's these things called junior colleges, which are two, which junior college is like a two-year school here, so it's kind of like a prepping school. So you go there for two years, and then depending on how you play, will fluctuate where you go. Um, if you can go to a Division One, two, or three, right? So I went, to, or I went to a junior college, and then ended up working my way to do a, a Division One school, and then ended up getting drafted. So when I, why I tell you that is because the draft was an amazing experience for me because you know. As three years ago, before the draft, I was a Division II player. Which, I mean, I wanted to play professionally, but I kind of laughed about it, you know. And um, I met a lot of good mentors on, along the way, and I met a lot of people that, you know, kind of showed me the way I should live my life to be a successful man on and off the field. And that kind of and that kind of created that path to uh, be a professional, you know. And I, I think the Biggest, you know, I would say is, do you guys have horse racing out there? We do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know how horses, right, they wear the blinders? Yes, the great focus, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, you know, one big mentor of mine is like, hey, man, you got to run your life like like a racing horse. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, put your blinders on and all you see is the finish line. And that's kind of something that stuck with me. And even today, it's like I have these blinders on. And I don't care about the distractions to my left, to right, behind me. I don't care who's ahead of me. All I see is one goal. And that's kind of stuck, you know, like I said, that kind of stuck with me throughout this whole thing. It's because I don't care what others are doing around me. Because I feel like a lot of people, when they start getting success, more people want to bring you down, right? More people, there's temptations, there's distractions. And that happened in my life. And that's where, you know, I got to stick the blinders. And if you truly want something in your life, I think no matter who you are or any of your abilities, if you truly want it and you make the true sacrifice, you know, anything's possible. And uh, so that's something I kind of try to emulate from every day in, in my junior college. And I ended up going to Division One school. And I'll never forget, you know, my name getting called by the Tigers. And it was truly, you know, I remember my, my brother jumped on me. My buddies were all there. They all jumped on me because my brother had it quicker than I did. So he so I didn't update mine. So his feed was going before I did. So he heard it, came in screaming, and, uh, you know, and then we all gathered around and, you know, had a good meal, and it was a really good night. 
That's brilliant. Yeah, you see some great advice there. I like that one. I'm yeah, use that one. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's crazy like, the system. Go on, sorry. I, no, go ahead. It's crazy the system with high school and college because, I mean, we only see it in the movies. Yeah. Uh, how how big sports are? You've got your college teams, and we we don't have that. We have soccer, football. Soccer is quite big over here, but you don't really have like your staple college team. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that about the American system. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's where, you know, I went to the University of Pittsburgh and that's like my second home. You know, I got a whole community there that has my back and I love it there. But uh, yeah, I, it's something I guess I never really thought about that because you guys don't have it there. But yeah, it is a very cool thing out here. Good. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what attributed to my success. And, you know, I, like I said, I think, you know, every life is a series of obstacles you know, every day, you know, you, I'm sure yeah. you had some today, you know, we kind of, and I think if you can go through every obstacle with the right mindset and, you know, and that's, and that's where, when I talk about mindset, you know, before I became professional, I looked, I looked up like the top seven most successful people in the world. Right. And I read and read and researched and I wanted to figure out what made those people successful. Right. Whether it be yeah. the owner of, you know, Tesla or whatever it may be. And they all had one thing in common. And that one thing in common was I'm not going to stop until I'm successful. And I always look at the brighter side of things. Right. So I figured if I attribute that to my life and lived my life like that, I'm going to get somewhere. And so, you know, through my whole process to becoming professional, I, I didn't stop, you know, like that, you know, I had a reputation on my team that I lived in the batting cage, and if I don't get something right, I will stay there till midnight until I get that damn thing right, you know, and that's something that, you know, a lot of people called me crazy and psycho, but that's something that I had to do, you know, because I'll tell you right now, man, I'm not the most talented out there, right? I'm not, when it comes to talent, pure talent, I'm not that, I mean, I'm talented, but I'm not that talented, but what kept me going is my work ethic, and and the cage is nonstop, and and doing everything or trying to do everything the best of my abilities in the right way. You know, that's what kept me up with the big dogs. And then luckily, you know, I kind of had a good, really good season that ended up giving me the opportunity to become drafted. And, uh, you know, I hope that carries me into the further stages of this thing. That's brilliant. So I think that touches on, there's a lot of people out there that are very talented, but will relax a bit because they, they think they've got it all. Yeah. Uh, and won't progress very further. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'll tell you this much. I mean, I love the guys to death, but the the last high school team I played with, uh, summer ball, like we have travel ball, you know, I'm the yeah. only kid playing right now. And during that season, I was probably one of the worst players on that team. And uh, <laughs> and that's and that just, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they burn out, you know, they, they find opportunities, whatever. But that's where it's if for the guys out there that are the best, good for them. But I promise you, they got dogs trying to come take their spot, you know? Yeah. And those dogs out there trying to take the spots, go get them, right? Because they're right there. And, uh, you know, that's where I think the sport is very cool because you can have a lot of skill and talent, but if you take a little second off, it will bite you in the ass, you know? And I think that's a very cool thing because, you know, it gives a lot of people opportunities that work hard. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. 
So are you currently with the Pittsburgh Panthers or with everything still going on at the moment? Well, I'm with the Detroit Tigers now. Um, yeah. But the Pitt, the, Pitt, the Pitt Panthers was my college. So the college one. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because when I was doing my research, it was coming up as 2019. But obviously, that was just before the draft won it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Britt, what was your What was your time there like? Uh, Pitt was awesome. You know, so that was like my university, obviously. Um, so that's where I studied, and Pitt was life changing for me because Pitt gave me that opportunity to live out a dream. And I had a lot of good coaches there and a lot of good teammates that pushed me into my abilities. And when I went into Pitt, I had potential, but not no one thought what I, I was going to do what I did. And uh, But I, I wouldn't have done that without the guys pushing me day in and day out. You know, I made some great friends. There was a guy named Nico Popa. And uh, me and Nico were in similar situations. You know, coming into the season, really overlooked. Um, didn't have good previous seasons. And, uh, you know, we, I remember t- saying to each other, man, like, what do we got to lose at this point? Let's just go do this thing. And uh, he ended up hitting, like, 350 with, like, 11 home runs or whatever it was. So he had, had a tremendous season. But, uh, you know, I, tr- I attribute a lot of my success to those guys because baseball is a lot better when you have a good community and good knitted guys surrounding you and as well as good coaches. You know, those coaches helped me out. You know, they, they treated our program the way professional baseball is treated. So it gave me that opportunity to feel what it feels like to be a pro and live that pro life every day. So when I got to the professional level, it was an easy uh, trans transformation there as far as lifestyle, the way it's played, the way we're treated. So it was an awesome experience and I met a lot of good people and I love that place for sure. That sounds brilliant. It sounds like the college years kind of make it, make you, make you who you are really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So for the 2020 season, whenever this is going to happen, if it does, if it doesn't, the talk's going at the minute. Is there anything new that you're working on other than just general working out? Yeah, I mean, I think my as far as me as a player, you know, I'm fast, so I need to steal bases, right? Um, I think that's one thing that will get me to the big leagues is my ability to steal bases. Um, and I, I have some sneaky pop that will, you know, put one over every once in a while. Yeah. But uh, – I think the biggest thing I want to work on is my strikeouts. Um, I think that with my speed, I'm I'm just cheating myself for striking out because all I have to do is put one to the left side of the field, and I have a shot to beat it out every time. Yeah. So by saying that, I really want to conquer down on, you know, making contact early in the count and trying not to get to two strikes so much. And when I do get the two strikes, really cut down those strikeouts because – like I said, I have a really good opportunity with my legs that I can beat almost every ball out. So if that happens, you know, I, I think I have a really good opportunity to raising all my numbers and, you know, prolonging my career the best I can. That's brilliant, that one. Uh, one question that I've thought of, which I think was brilliant, because when I started to practice at home, uh, and I think everyone would be interested in this, uh, for everyone listening at home, do you have any go-to baseball drills that you can do in the backyard? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the bottom line is hand-eye coordination. You know, um, we we'll go, you know, we'll go play ping pong, or we'll go do any sort of you know game where it involves hand-eye coordination. And usually, the best players on the field are the best players at that game. So I think I think um, you can e- easily translate that to those guys. So you know, a lot of kids I give lessons to. I'm like, go juggle, right? See how many balls you can juggle, right? Go. 
Go do whatever you can, you know, because a lot of guys aren't blessed with the opportunities to have good resources at home to practice the sport. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of things. I mean, I think we all have fruit in the kitchen that we can go do hand-eye coordination stuff with, right? And just work on reaction and, and all those simple skills. And then when it comes to the sport of baseball, I mean, I think it's just super, you know, easy. You don't need a glove to practice. Oh, I think practicing with your bare hands is actually beneficial. Um, just make sure you're catching it with your glove and not your throwing hand. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think I think any of those things could work. And um, you know, a stick and a rock, you know, go in the backyard. And the as far as the baseball swing goes, the bottom line is this, man: if you're hitting a ball far, you're doing something right, right? So. If you can consistently hit the ball over the center field fence, I don't think there's too many things wrong with that swing, right? A lot of people get caught up in their mechanics in the, in, in, in the swing when they struggle with the sport, but really 99% of the time, I guarantee it's just the timing of their swing rather than the mechanics. So as far as mechanics go, you know, I think just, just try to hit the ball as far as you can, and you will figure out different ways to shoot your hands or whatever, you know. Uh, that's how I taught myself this, my swing it's because I would just sit there for hours and like, okay, how can I hit this ball the farthest? Right. And then I'll do it over overhand and then I'll use it off machine. And I sometimes can't even explain my mechanics, but I know what it feels like to hit a home run. And I want to try to do that on a day in and day out basis. Yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah. So another thing is baseball memorabilia. I mean, growing up in the U S when you was a kid, you can get baseball cards, you can get baseballs from games. Over here, we have none of that. I collect uh, autograph base, uh, baseball cards. It's yeah. stuff that I can get online. But is there anything that you collected or still collect or anything? You know what? Um, you know, one thing about me is, and, you know, I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to offend people, it's, but I never collected or did any of that because I wanted people to collect my stuff, you know? I never wanted to. That's fair enough. (laughs) You know, like I never wanted to be a fan of someone because I wanted people to be a fan of me. You know, like I actually hate like towards when my career started picking up. I actually hated going to professional sports that I wasn't playing in because I wanted to be on that field. You know, (laughs) and when it came to collecting cards and stuff, don't get me wrong. I think it's really cool. You know, that's actually you know what I want to do now is I want to start collecting signed baseballs off of guys I play with because I think it'd be really cool when I retire one day to have all these baseballs from different guys and, you know, and oh, that's, yeah. that's played with. So that is something I do want to start doing. I think I'm going to start doing that this year, but growing up as a kid, I had that ambition is be like, I want people to collect my stuff and I don't want to collect their stuff, you know? So growing up, I didn't really do that, but uh, now I definitely want to start, you know, kind of making a cool, I, I think it'd be cool to in my future house to have a little, you know, room of my career and, and a lot of guys I played with or bats or whatever that may be. Yeah, I like that mentality. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you, Connor. Thanks for joining me, especially on the yeah. first show. Oh, it's been I'm brilliant proud. having you. Yeah, no, I'm glad you had me on. Um, I wish the best luck to you in your podcast career. Hopefully it takes off. Um, thank you very much. Well, <laughs> yeah, the last thing I think I'd leave you on is, you know, whatever someone wants to do in life, Usually the highest level of what that is is 1%, right? So let's say you want to be a salesman. Well, you want to be the best salesman in the world, and there's only 1% of the best salesmen in the world, right? 
let's say you want to be an auto mechanic. There's a lot of auto mechanics, but if you want to be the best auto mechanic, there's only 1% of those in the world. And the way I look at it is if you want to be that 1%, you got to strive to be that 1%. But it's easy to say I want to strive with that 1% without making the sacrifice to be that 1%, right? So I think, you know, all the listeners out there, it's, it's very important to, if you want to, if you have a dream or goal in mind, great, go for it. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't go for it. But also remember, if you want to be that 1%, you got to train like that 1%, you got to sacrifice like that 1%, and you got to do everything you can at 1%, you know? And, you know, as far as baseball goes, a lot of kids want to be professionals and a lot of kids want to be the best, but they're staying up till one o'clock playing Fortnite when they have a game the next day or they're eating mcdonald's every day you know you can't put 87 gas in a lamborghini that's just not gonna run you know you got to put the proper fuel in that thing so think of your body as a high caliber car and you got to give the car the right ingredients for it to run you know or you know training you know there's a really hot broad that you know wants to hang out with me well i got a game the next day a lot of dudes would go hang out with that girl because they want to hang out with the girl and that will screw up their, you know, I think the biggest, when you the bring confidence into something, it's all about your preparation, right? Our podcast, you wouldn't be confident about this podcast if you didn't prepare questions or whatever it may be, right? So I think that is just so important, but you got to prepare like that 1% to have the confidence like the 1%. And, uh, you know, so that's just the one thing I wanted to leave everyone. It's like, um, you know, I said, if I ever write a book, uh, I, I think my first line would be, if you want to listen to society, you're just going to be average. Because if you think about who society is, it's just a bunch of average people, right? So if you want to listen to society, hey, you know, Jimmy, you can't be the best podcast in the world. You can't do that, right? And that's society talking to you. All that is is an average person telling another average person they can't do something. So if you want to follow that if you want to follow society and do all that stuff, you're just going to end up in society. You know, and that's one thing I strive to do is I don't listen to anyone to tell my future and I will decide my own future. And, uh, and if you don't listen to a bunch of average people, you won't be average, right? And you'll be that 1%. So, you know, one thing I, that's, that's a motto and kind of spiel I give when it talks about my career and stuff because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of, I lost a lot of friends. I, you know probably pissed a lot of people off because I wanted to be that 1% and to be that 1%, I'd have sacrificed some things, right? I'd have missed out on some things and some opportunities. And, uh, and I remember, I remember having one of my buddies' mom say, Connor, like, you really think you're going to get drafted? Like, come on now, like, be, be real. Like you got to go out to vacation with them. You never go on vacation. You're always hitting. Yeah. Well now, you know, I kind of got the last laugh about that. So I think it's just very important. And, you know, Every tunnel has the light at the end. So whether your tunnel's a mile, whether your t- tunnel's 22 miles, I promise if you keep walking that tunnel, the light will eventually be there. Um, but you got to walk it the right way, and you got to walk the right way till there's the light, you know? So, but uh, like I said, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I love yeah, speaking thanks, like this. And uh, hopefully, if you know, if this podcast changes one kid's life, we did our job, you know? So I really appreciate it, man. That's brilliant. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you later. All right, see you. See you.